0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level. with me as always, my co-host Dylan Reagan, and we're back here to discuss the fallout from the 2023 NFL draft. Dylan, as always, lots of excitement, Um, as we said, going in, a lot of intrigue, Uh, who's going to go where, when are the trades are going to be made, Uh, what's going to happen with the run on quarterbacks, and yeah, this was... uh, one of the more, as we said going into it, one of the more unpredictable drafts going in, and um pretty clear as it played out, it became even more unpredictable just in terms of who was going to be picking where, and um yeah, wound up to be a, a pretty wild 2023 edition of the draft.
1: Yeah, tons of trades. Obviously, the Texans moving up to, to get that combo of C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson we can talk about whether they gave up a bit much to to move up there or if it made sense uh obviously a lot will depend on how those guys do but yeah a cr- pretty crazy draft um will levis obviously a big story with him falling out of the first round but overall i mean not outside of you know the one big move with Houston moving up i didn't think there were like way too many surprises tons of trades like constantly um across yeah. the board but there are some teams that i think kind of in my mind clearly um came out on top some other ones were you know I don't have like any like main big losers um, necessarily, but there are teams where I'm like, all right. Be expected a bit more. There's only so much you can do with when you're a team like the Browns that didn't have a pick until what the third round and kind of uh kind of limits you, but yeah, uh, some interesting picks, but also intrigued to see what these guys can do. A lot made of obviously the, the Lions pick with Gibbs there in the first round, uh, the, a little bit of a mixed response from fans compared to uh Brad Holmes in that really happy draft room. So there's a number of those kind of picks. We're always you always have those uh certain years where it seems like a guy goes that you you. you think is a good player but maybe at that spot is a little high so yeah it's uh it's going to be it's going to be interesting but it's hard to you know at this point it's all speculation it's hard to really like look at one team and say oh they really bombed this draft that's all going to be yeah uh, hindsight's going to be 2020 on these drafts as it is in other years it's hard to really evaluate it until you're at least a few years in but there are some teams that i think looking ahead Feel a little better about where they're at, and you you start looking at the kind of adapted depth charts, and the idea. Obviously, not all these guys are going to start right away, but. Um, In quite a few cases, I think we're going to see a lot of these top, especially the first round picks and even some middle uh, round guys, depending on the team, getting opportunities pretty quickly. So, yeah, it should be. It was a lot of fun. Very busy uh, here at Clutch Points with the work we're doing with it. But (laughs) still some fallout, obviously. It's we're only a few days uh, away from the end of the draft. So we're still still plenty of time to focus on that before. I think the schedule release um, is supposed to be next week. So a lot of NFL, it's we're, we're back, baby. Got lots of stuff going on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As we know, the NFL is uh, never, never sorry about taking uh, the spotlight uh, in any way, shape, or form. And so, yes, I'll have the schedule release coming soon, and that'll make it a lot more interesting. Now, knowing where these guys are headed. All right, let's start with the biggest winners. Uh, we start on the positive note first. I mean, I think there's. Sort of a consensus out there that the Eagles, if they're not number one, they are they have to be among the group that's considered the biggest winners, just given everything that they did in this draft. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Um, you just look at it again. I mean, <laughs> they go the Georgia route, which, um, you know, I think to get the players they got – and that's what we say. If you're going to call a team a biggest winner, it's all about the value, I think, and it's seeing where you can get guys at a certain spot, right? And now when you consider <laughs> – Again, basically, they're just they're just building the Georgia defense is uh, essentially yeah. I think what what they're doing, and it's not a bad not a bad idea because you know Georgia's not you know has been more dominant defenses historically the past couple of seasons, so they're just building from there. So I think the Eagles, to me, are clearly um, I think they're at the top. I don't know how I could put anyone else ahead of them right now. Um, and as we said, that's I don't know if that's usually the case for a team that just made it to the Super Bowl. Um, usually, we're talking about probably one of the first couple teams that pick. As maybe a biggest winner, just considering the the value of the talent they're getting, but the Eagles um, are in that group. And again, if they're not number one, that uh, they're in the, the the very top three uh, at the worst. And so I'd put the Eagles in there. I think the Texans making the move the way they did to get both C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. You know, everyone was talking about kind of just the how they did it, um, in what order, and why that was important to keep the Titans away. Um, you know, to basically take all the value out of you know the the number three pick and that was theirs alone yeah. to have. Um, so I think those two, to me, clearly, probably the top two winners. I think the the Steelers and the Patriots were a couple others yeah. I thought were kind of sneaky good. Uh, in terms of what they did, but um, I would probably have to start with the Eagles and the Texans, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, they're, I mean, the Eagles, uh, it seems like a recurring theme with them, this team. I know they've had a couple misses here and there. We've, we've talked a number of times about the Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson pick, but uh, for the most, by and large, Hallie Roseman kills the draft every single time, and I think, yeah, this is another one where it's hard <laughs> yeah. to, it's hard to say or hard to make an argument that they're not one of the top winners, like you mentioned, whether you want to put them as the number one or in that top three, they have to be mentioned kind of in that group and it's set up partially, you know, with trades that they've made in the past. It's not just the picks, but like you mentioned, usually this team in the Super Bowl doesn't have two first rounders uh, like the okay. Eagles uh, made, making a deal last year with the Saints that ends up paying off big time with getting Jalen Carter who fell a bit you know didn't think he was going to fall out of the top 10 sure enough they I thought maybe the Bears would take him but I think for his own growth with all the all his former teammates as you mentioned from Georgia there in Philadelphia but also just the culture they've built maybe uh, you know some of the off-field questions that a team like Philadelphia with the infrastructure they've put together feels like it's not going to be as big of a problem as it maybe is for a team that's rebuilding and finding those uh, those kind of leadership guys uh, uh, there's those names aren't filled out the same way they are in Philadelphia where you have so many veterans the Kelsey's the uh, obviously with what Jalen Hurts has become pretty quickly there I mean it's a team uh, with a lot of veterans mixed with infused with younger guys so and obviously now they get also DeAndre Swift which man it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be hard to not uh, pick Philadelphia in, in the NFC along with the Niners I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. but nonetheless yeah just looking at the you know the fact that they're able to get Nolan Smith at the end of the first round and then they get Ringo all the way in the fourth right I mean I thought he would probably go in like the third. Um, so yeah, you can't really go wrong when you're drafting these Georgia defenders, but overall just, yeah, it's, uh, some of the, the question marks, uh, you know, last year for this team, they were I think in the bottom quarter of the league in yards per carry against, and you solve a lot of those problems. If Jalen Carter can stay on the field and, and, uh, you know, next to Jordan Davis and that, that dynamic duo there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I just think that some of the other guys they added also Tyler Steen, the I think it was one of their third round picks, the guard from Alabama, another big dude that, you know, you're getting good value, I think at that point. So, yeah, when I look at the winners, on it, you mentioned the Texans. I definitely think I'd, I'd throw them in that group. There's, there's teams that I think like just absolutely nailed the draft. The Steelers are one um, that I, I felt like with the way that things kind of broke their way uh i i like the joey porter pick obviously with what he can bring as a corner and the toughness he has i think they got one of the better offensive tackle prospects there in broderick jones so overall they're a team that i would mention i'd say that in their uh with a new regime their first draft i thought arizona for all the things that they need to do um and how far they are away i thought they did a great job with some of the deals to uh get um you know, a number of picks next year, kind of looking ahead, Um, not just with, uh, you know, I thought Paris Johnson, another really solid uh play there to, you know, they're able to move back and then, uh, and then move back up and still end up gaining, you know, so many extra picks while getting the player they really wanted. Um You know, you need help for Kyler there protection wise. They have a lot of different needs, obviously, but I, I just overall thought that they, kind of nailed the draft in this year one and set themselves up for next year to be another big one. So th- those are some of the teams, I think, um, another winner that pretty clearly for me was Seattle. Um, I, it- there was some speculation about, you know, when Devon yeah. Witherspoon went off, uh, you know, if that was, if they uh, were going to take Carter, obviously they've been rumored and there was some stuff about the meeting with him didn't mm-hmm. go so well, but you look at the, you know, what they did last year with uh, Tariq Woolen, and now you add this another corner across from him. I mean, this team is slowly becoming pretty dangerous. I'm obviously going to be a little uh, slighted towards, uh, or, you know, a little biased <laughs> towards Zach Charbonnet. I think he's an absolute beast. I've watched a lot of, uh, games from him and I, I was very disappointed when I saw the Seattle Seahawks or the team picking him because now I have to uh, I see the Rams face this guy <laughs> twice a year and he man he just runs so hard uh, obviously they end up getting Smith and Jigba I mean I just thought that overall and you look at kind of what he can bring to that offense very different skill sets than what Tyler Lockett and and uh, DK do I do mean, maybe yeah. some more similarities at, at times to some stuff that they'll have Lockett do but overall, I think that dynamic also, I mean, yeah, I just think they're a team that uh, this isn't something that is surprising with John Schneider the same way that we're not surprised when we hear that Howie Roseman had a good draft. I mean, these guys have been doing it for a long time. They understand the value. Yes, they're at times going to, you know, people thought they kind of reached with Kenneth Walker ends up having a fantastic season. Uh, I know that a lot of that running back discourse gets just a little overplayed. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast and just other times Get kind of over it, but I think Charbonnet, man, I know they have uh Kenneth, but now you add that number that one two punch there with an offensive line that's been improving. I think Seattle's uh unfortunately for my Rams, they're they're getting back into this uh where they're gonna be a, a problem in the NFC pretty quickly here.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's a good one. They got what Derek Hall from Auburn. I thought that was another kind of pickup, like you yeah. said, just for really the defensively. Yeah, so I, I thought the Seahawks were were certainly in that category. Um you know, I'm trying to see if there's any, I mean, I think the Cardinals, yeah. the, they were one, you know, just in terms of some of the moves they made, um, you know, in ter- I mean, like I said, that the, they were a team that had needs, um, yeah. in multiple spots. I like the, again, as an, you know, an SEC type guy, BJ Ojolari from LSU. Um, I think he's someone that could wind up being kind of a breakout type guy. Um, and, and so obviously that's a team that needs help defensively and, you know, to get up on the offensive line too. So I, I think they address some some pretty clear areas. You know, team for me, I you mentioned them a second ago, and I feel like there's like split opinions on the Lions. Yeah, very much so. I, I think there's just a, a lot of that is like you said. It's I think it's interesting with with how they went about it. But I think if you just terms of looking at what they got, um, I, I don't know that I I look at it and feel like you know they're a team because as we, I mean it's feel like every player almost every player we're talking about is SEC related. And I'm not, you know, <laughs> trying to be the SEC homer of the group, but that's just the nature of how this works. Um, you know, even someone like Brian Branch, you know, what he could bring kind of a, you know, and that to get Hendon Hooker is who knows? I mean, like again, we've talked about all the quarterbacks and where they wind up and um you know, so I don't know. I mean I think the Lions have a lot of, they they got a lot of good players. Um it's just, you know, again how draft strategy works and and all that other stuff but maybe people are picking that apart but I I don't know I I still look at the talent I feel like that they've they got a pretty good haul Um, it just may not have been exactly again what you would expected but I feel like we say that all the time with the Lions and you know they've kind of made it work for the most part now over the past you know couple years now as they start to sort of make this ascent so
1: yeah I it was an interesting draft. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, Brad Holmes. We had to remember yeah. at the time with his with the Rams. He did pick Todd Gurley quite high as well. He has a history with the with running backs and falling in love with the guy. And as he talked about after the press um, after the draft in his press conference, he doesn't see Jameer Gibbs as just a running back. They see him just as a weapon. Um, and you look at the talent they have. It, yeah. you know, I, overall, with his team. It, it's just a different draft approach than maybe past years. Like we looked at when they got Penny Sewell and how big that pick was. And some years we're, we're talking about a team that had a lot of, they were in this cat, that category of teams that had a lot of needs. I don't know if the lines right now out on offense, at least had a ton of needs. Um, they, they're a team that I thought maybe defensive line and the interior would have potentially been a fit. Maybe if some of the off the field stuff doesn't happen with Jalen Carter, maybe they just sit tight and draft him um, in the, at number six there. Uh, but, you know, moving back as they did a smart move as, as they've done in the past, they've, they traded up at times and also trade back They're They're not one that a team that's afraid to, to kind of move in either direction and be bold with their picks. So with the way that the, the you know, we saw at the end of the year, they, if they just had a couple of little bounces of the ball differently early in the season, they're a playoff team and they might have given, uh you know, like one of the two or three seeds a decent run for their money. I think defensively, as we know, they have a lot of work to do, but I thought they did a pretty good job um with the, with the drafting out. You know, I know Jack Campbell, a lot has been made about him being a guy that was uh, thought of to be a decent reach, Probably. but how he fits yeah. in with the team. Uh, could end up working out. I thought they recovered well with, you know, Brian Branch, I think at safety um in the second round, that's one where, yeah, yeah. We're like you said, we're just talking about sec guys constantly here, but I, I think that's a <laughs> really important piece for their defense and you get a lot of value there. You know, we see safeties don't always get drafted really high. And then these guys in the second, third round end up being vital players that when they're not on the field for their teams, it ends up costing them dearly. So I thought, yeah, I think overall with, him and then also I, I like the tight end they got from iowa sam laporta so should be interesting yeah, to yeah. see what they yeah, i thought they're it was interesting they had like the first round there if you looked at like mel kuyper the ringer any like sites like draft boards they're, they're over drafting guys dramatically and then on day two they're picking guys like, with great value so it, it just all depends yeah. like you said it's a kind of a mixed bag of uh opinions on them but again with the way the offense is set up and if you know gibbs just makes them Uh, even harder to defend with all the talent they already have on that side of the ball. The offensive line's in a good place as we know and defensively, they've made some additions, still a work in progress maybe, but um, yeah, I thought overall still a team that I wouldn't count them as a loser for sure of the draft. I'd, uh, I'm not going to say they're like a, a big like huge winner necessarily, but I, I do think there's a chance. If we look back and if Gibbs is a, a huge weapon for them, and Jack Campbell becomes a an everyday starter for a long period of time, I don't think we're going to talk about it quite the same way as some of the discourse that has been mentioned there. Um, one team, I just real quick, I, you mentioned the Patriots. I I especially on with the Christian Gonzalez pick, man. How did they just sit? and wait trade back and just get the guy that works like, for the Patriots. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. And I, you they know, always
0: get their man. It seems like it's crazy, yeah.
1: man. I thought, I thought they overall had a, a solid draft. They had a ton of picks, you know, in the middle rounds, uh, some offensive line p- uh, guard picks in the fourth and fifth rounds that, uh, you know, will help fill out some uh, issues there. I thought that was a kind of a need that they were able to address naturally. They, they get the center from Troy, Jake Andrews. So a lot, a lot of depth kind of, uh, Guys, and then some uh, some picks that I thought interesting. With they always have a pick like uh, Mapu, the Sac State uh, linebacker, they took in the third round. Where they'll they'll get a guy that's not you know in this case maybe more on the radar than some past picks. Where I think it was uh, brought uh, one of their. Uh, offensive lineman they took last year where it was the one where the Rams were like laughing because they thought the guy would drop to the third round potentially to them and the Patriots took in the first. they they're, they're a team that is comfortable, clearly. Um, obviously, Belichick has as, about as much job security, even with the, how the last few years have gone, as any uh, coach and uh, management team in the, in the league. So it's a team that's comfortable with their own evaluations. But the, just it, it, in itself, the Christian Gonzalez thing, only the Patriots, like you said, they they played it perfectly. They're patient, and then they get exactly the guy that makes a ton of sense and makes this defense even scarier. So I I think a a really successful draft overall, though, for them.
0: All right. We must transition to the biggest losers of the draft. Um, I mean, look, like something you said earlier, and I think this is always – it's hard to know i think right now because you you just you know we can certainly like i said we can pick apart the lions with certain parts we we can do all that but yeah. like i think it's you're still waiting just to kind of see what happens um because you don't know uh, at this very moment exactly what some of these guys are going to become um and so i think that's just kind of an interesting thing you know i as i'm looking down the list here i'm like well obviously you could go with the teams that maybe didn't have a lot of picks like yeah. i mean that's an easy Choice to say they were the biggest losers of the draft. Um, I don't. I, I don't really like. I, I haven't come up with a great sort of like you said. I think some people put the Lions in that category. um I think the Bears are another team that I kind of look at. I'm just like, did they significantly change anything? I, we don't. I don't think we had high expectations just given where their picks were and the number of picks going into it. But I mean, did they significantly change anything? I don't. I don't know if I could say that. Um, you know, I I think when so. I, mean, I look at it that way, right, and, and I'm like, I, I guess unless you're just going with teams that just didn't make a lot of picks, maybe there's some obvious choices, but um, otherwise, I don't know, I guess maybe, maybe put the Lions in this group too, just to, you know, have them everywhere, but um, yeah, uh, probably the Bears is like the only team to meet, and I'm not even saying they did a terrible job, I just think it's... I don't know. Like it's just sort of I guess if you're going to really wow you with anything you think it's going to just be kind of franchise changing potentially. I don't know why I'm picking apart the bears, but that's just one that looked I had on my list. So.
1: Yeah, they're they're one that I I think it was an okay draft. I think they may be falling in between uh ground. I I don't know. I think the Darnell Wright could be pretty good. So if he ends up uh, helping their offensive line get fixed their team that has a ton of issues and, you know, I, I know that um Roshan Johnson got a lot of building up from Bijan and thinks that he's was massively underrated so maybe we'll have to see some guys of the Bears I I wouldn't like you said they, they might be on the on the multiple right SEC guys, guys again. yeah really got, <laughs> not surprising I, mean,
0: I maybe I'm just trying not to be biased about the SEC I mean I'm trying to knock somebody that has all these SEC players but who they pick right they pick uh Dexter from Florida they got Pickens from South Carolina so maybe that's what I'm trying to do I'm just trying to like downplay the SEC at some point yeah. but these guys are everywhere Yeah,
1: no, it's, there's no reason uh, to worry about it because that, that is the NFL. It is a lot of sec players obviously is still the Supreme conference. So, um, but yeah, I'm trying to like, think about, I mean, the Jaguars I'd say were one team that I looked through and it was a, it was okay. But like, there's, there's a number of teams I would say that weren't winners because of just kind of by default, by previous moves and trades they'd made like the Browns and Niners, I wouldn't say they'd. Didn't I mean? Also, the the Niners, they're in a place with a roster where they were able to, uh, you know, draft a kicker when they did, and pick a kicker, and feel yeah. like it's completely fine because of the roster they have. But I would yeah. say, like both those teams, they're limited with their draft capital by previous trades, and that naturally kind of led to, to classes that aren't necessarily like striking. Whereas when I look at the Jags, and you see, they don't have a third rounder, but they end up with a cut, you know, two fourths, a couple fifths. and thought it was okay. Um, maybe, maybe I'll look really stupid. Anton Harrison will just be ridiculous um, and be the the last piece of the offensive line to, to help protecting Trevor. And um, you know, I, I just don't know. That was one that, that kind of, for me, was a little bit uh, lower end. The Rams are an interesting one. I wouldn't say they were like, they, I, you know, Stetson Bennett thing. I know that Les Snead just kind of loved the guy and wanted him on the team, but at that point, I feel like maybe they could have waited for one of their fifth round pick spots to get him. They end up drafting just a ton of players late. So we'll see. I, I think the yeah. first two picks are the reason why I wouldn't necessarily categorize them as a loser. I think both Avila, the guard they got from TCU and then Byron Young again, Tennessee. I think that the tools that Byron Young has, he has a potential to actually, be a difference maker for them on the outside because they just don't have a lot of pass rushing uh, options at the moment. A lot of their team with a lot of empty holes. So they're one that like, uh, you know, if I looked at some of the picks in the middle rounds, I maybe wasn't as happy, but when I look at those first two, I think they kind of nailed those Um, other teams. I mean, the saints, maybe you could throw in to the, to the group of, I wouldn't say they're winners. Um, I I know that I'm excited to see what country Miller can do there, but I don't know. They're, They're a team that I look at the class and again, I'm not, Necessarily trying to knock any of one of these individual guys, just maybe that where the players were taken. Uh, one that uh, two teams that I think I'm curious to get your thoughts on that have a little bit of a mixed bag in terms of what their fans have said and what I've seen from various what our own writers of clutch points have said, what I've seen at, at ESPN and other places. The Jets and Cowboys, kind of two different draft classes that <laughs> Cowboys
0: I, were, yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know what your thoughts are, but I, I maybe could throw them both into that lower range. Maybe in the, the you know, if we had to, to categorize them as losers, I I think that, you know, Tipman at, at center, the one that got the guy they got from Wisconsin could fill a need there um, along the offensive line. Um, they, they get Will McDonald where that, that was one where people thought maybe that was a bit of a reach at 15, that maybe they could have gotten some traded back a bit and got a little more value there. So I'm not trying to pick these teams apart, but then yeah, Dallas really mixed uh, opinion on them as well. In terms of some people think that, you know, as Smith's going to be fantastic and that they, uh, some of these guys were actually going to be able to fill in some of the needs, but they went heavy on, uh, you know, positions that aren't necessarily like the most premium spots, getting a tight end in the second round there. When you look at some of the other guys that kind of went in that range, maybe that's where you start to look and say like, uh, it's just, are any of these guys going to be difference makers and the Cowboys get dramatically better and it's hard to know for sure from a draft if you're going to or not but I don't know they're they're one that I may be thrown to the loser category unfortunately
0: yeah they're an interesting one because I think it's I mean look they're 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 trying to do everything they can we always say teams have a Super Bowl window and you know I think they're trying to do everything they can to sort of get Dak you know staying upright and, and all those things and I think that's that has got to be the top priority right and um, so if you look at it from that standpoint, what I think they took I think the offensive line, what, fifth round? Was it the fifth round, fourth round? Yeah. Um and then, you know, wide receiver depth. I think we've talked about that before. That wasn't really a huge thing, even though they, you know, they got a tight end, but I think that's obviously they had to have one, right? Yeah. Given um Dalton Schultz is there. But um yeah, so I, I think that was probably something that you maybe would have wowed you a little bit more, maybe address those needs a little earlier perhaps that's kind of the the sentiment i've seen from cowboys fans just on twitter and such but like i say take that with a grain of salt sometimes but um yeah that, that's kind of the common theme i think when you look at it from that standpoint um the jets i don't i don't know what to think about the jets because you know i mean look they, they just got aaron Rodgers, and i don't know that i still think the jets are pretty built you know, built pretty nicely in terms yeah. of a team that – I mean, we talked about them last year, right? Like, they were right there. I mean, they, they should have made the playoffs. Like, it wasn't even a – you know, that's not even saying – like, they just didn't play well down the stretch, lost some of those close games, uh, couldn't get over the hump. But, like, I – having Aaron Rodgers, even, you know, whatever age he is now, it's going to alleviate some issues. And so I I don't – I don't know if I would say the Jets are just complete – you know, the complete losers of the draft yeah. or anything like that. I, I'm probably – have a little more wiggle room there like we said it you're trying to grade this just based off the draft but you have to tie in everything else around it because that's you know they all tie together and so maybe it's just coming off the high of aaron Rodgers being there i don't i don't know that i just completely call the, the jets one of the the biggest losers of the draft but that's just yeah. me
1: no I, I i see what you're saying it makes sense with uh what the guys they have and it's just it is just hard to say. Like the winners are easy. There's some draft classes that you look right, at and you're just yeah. like, this is supreme talent. And even the even some of the ones that you maybe put on the lower end, like you know, I may I didn't mention Atlanta, but overall, I think it's a solid draft class. People are gonna say whatever about some of the picks, but I, you know, if Bijan becomes as good as we made him seem like in our last podcast, I, like, I, I
0: thought that was I didn't second guess that pick at all. But no. when after the draft, when I see a lot of people. Pointing out that they would group the Falcons in there because of that pick. Like, I was like, really? Like, I? Yeah, I don't know. About I was that perfectly one. fine with them taking him. I yeah. think
1: a team that uh, has a ton of needs, but a guy like him is just so ridiculous. And, you know, you, you yeah. have a lot of other i get the kind of narrative of it like maybe i think those maybe some of the detractors were more so wanted to to just go to a place that had a little bit more in the tank at this moment but yeah. atlanta over you know they were they a team as we talked about last year that found a way to kind of fight and stay in the mix and give give better teams tough games uh, something they weren't doing the, the year prior so i don't know I, yeah i think it should be an interesting one but yeah more in general though with like guys like that like where you look at all right this player is going to be star maybe the whole class isn't fantastic but that's that's kind of the nature of it so yeah it, it is naturally just easier to look at winners I, I think there's a lot of teams that maybe fall more in that middle ground and you can nitpick if you want to like we mentioned with the lines I think they're the, the best example but even like the Jets as I'm as you as you kind of noted like you wouldn't consider them a loser maybe it's not like everything's perfect but yeah a team that as we saw with, with Aaron Rodgers yes he didn't have as good of a season last year it's hard to to kind of you know after two MVP campaigns in a row build on top of that um i think he will be rejuvenated though and yeah they had a, they're a team that had like quarterback play in the lowest percentiles of the league like and they still were managed to win a lot of games because their defense was so good so yeah that's it's yeah those kind of things where you have the luxury to to kind of draft for needs more so than um, a lot of teams, as I mentioned with the Niners, I wouldn't say the Niners draft was perfect, but their, their <laughs> roster is just about as good as it can get in the NFL, um, with the amount of talent they have balanced over the, over the, uh, from top to bottom. So it kind of, it, uh, it has to kind of impact, uh, your, your analysis of this, because it's not, those things don't exist in a vacuum. Like they're, it's not just this one draft class. It's how does that draft class translate to the team and the players they already have. So. Um yeah, I, I agree with that though. The Jets probably maybe maybe I shouldn't have thrown them in there, but they're one team that I've seen mentioned at least a little bit kind of mixed uh mixed bag, um, depending on where you read.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's always fun to be pessimistic heading out of the draft. That way you have nowhere to go but up and <laughs> maybe some of these guys overachieve. Isaac, I, I'm I'm maybe more okay with what the Lions did, and I think they're kind of the the team that probably is most um I think you get the widest range of reactions on maybe. 100%. um but maybe not. Maybe everyone just hates what they did and we're, <laughs> or maybe I'm just among the few that did not, but we'll it's see. Um Yeah. I mean, I, I think it makes it interesting. Uh, maybe i have more belief in the lions. Although as we've seen not necessarily uh, to this point, some of their most recent selections Um we'll, we'll see what happens, but um all right, let's quickly, let's look at some of these quarterbacks because we talked a lot about that going into it and maybe just kind of projecting, We had no idea where these guys were winding up. We said it so many times. We're like, we have no idea what order these guys are going to go in, except there was a pretty much consensus by the time we talked about it last going into the draft that Bryce Young was going to be number one to Carolina. But ultimately, as we said earlier, CJ Stroud goes to the Texans. Anthony Richardson goes to the Colts at number four. um, And then from there, of course, things got interesting um, to kind of see what happened after that is Will Levis – dropped into the second round to the Titans. And uh, again, being the native Titans uh, guy on the podcast, I can tell you that uh, my Twitter feed was not exactly thrilled with that idea, (laughs) not in the first round or the second round. Um, And of course what made that interesting is because Hendon Hooker, as we talked about as well, winds up going um, to the Lions. And, you know, that was one where I think Titans fans were sitting there at 33, um, I think they traded up to get that one, right? Yeah. So they traded up to 33. And I think they were thinking they were going to do that with the idea they're going to draft Hendon Hooker. Obviously that didn't happen. They went Will Levis, but um, those are the notable ones. Bryce Young to the Panthers, CJ Stroud to the Texans, Anthony Richardson to the Colts, Will Levis to the Titans, and um, as we said, Hendon Hooker to the Lions. Those are the ones we talked about the most. Uh, any any strong thoughts on any of these positive, negative? I, I sort of mentioned the Possible negative one, I think, for for Titans fans. And look, Anthony Richardson of the Colts is an interesting one, too, because by all accounts, you know, as we said, as somebody who followed the SEC, watching him play last season, there was a lot of good, but there was also some bad. And, um, you know, we could apply that to to Will Levis, too. I mean, we talked about some of the stuff with CJ Stroud. People have knocked him for certain things, Bryce Young for certain things, and a hooker and so forth. But, um, I I don't know. This is is an interesting group, as we, we mentioned going into it, and I think Bryce Young will be set up for success in Carolina. It's just how quickly they can get back on track, get some weapons around him from top to bottom. Um, you know, CJ Stroud, same same formula. Um, it's it's the same formula for all these guys probably, although, I mean, I guess we could say, and we, we don't think Henry Hooker is going to be the starter from day one, but he's probably got the most weapons around. Well, I guess Anthony Richardson has um, Jonathan Taylor, but... So it's an interesting group It's basically what I'm saying. I think it's hard to project exactly where all these guys are going to go from a production standpoint, but um, that's where they wind up.
1: Yeah, I I think Richardson is the the most intriguing, like in terms of we didn't know where he was going to go because Bryce, like you mentioned, like we kind of with the Panthers, that was a foregone conclusion. We've kind of been already talking about that fit and looking at the, you know, they get Mingo. Obviously, they added Thielen this offseason. They have Hayden Hurst, offensive line. I mean, they were pretty good running the football um, last year. So overall, I think yeah, with Bryce, it's yeah. not like uh, as crazy as in terms of with Richardson. We didn't know where he was going to go, right? Like it, it could have gone in a lot yeah. of different directions. And now I think probably. I, I'm always the one, as you know, on this podcast, it's way too, way too high on the Colts and always thinking, you know, I will say Chris Ballard's a great drafter, but I'm in not. terms of, yeah, no, you're not, which is, it's good. Cause uh, I don't know if Titans <laughs> fans would appreciate that, but for Anthony, I don't know if there's yeah, a place true. out of these top few teams for Richardson that would make, any more sense than the, the team that just hired Shane Steichen as their coach obviously Anthony yeah. Richardson's already talked quite a bit about how they envisioned doing some of the, the things that they um that in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts you know now Jalen as we saw in this past season developed as a as a passer to a ridiculous level but you look at maybe the season before with Philadelphia that offense was based a lot on running the football, not just with the running backs, but design runs at the quarterback. And, you know, with a guy like Richardson, you can kind of hide some of the things you're developing in the in the intermediate times between as you just have them be a, a, an athlete on the field. And I think, yeah, Steichen, so I'm excited to see, I think fit-wise, uh, that one uh, couldn't have been uh, much better. I'm glad the Texans didn't overthink the C.J. Stroud thing. I know there was a lot of smoke and mirrors about that. I think ultimately those three quarterbacks at the top all really uh solid fits and um I think with obviously we're, I'm pretty high on D'Amico Ryan's and the new coaching staff that there that we have there in Houston so um I think those three I'm not uh you know we'll see how it all actually pans out but I think it, it went, ended up going just about as well as I um would have hoped for um and for for location wise and fit wise now Levis that is the one, yeah. Um, as you mentioned, you, you probably have a better pulse of this with being there in Nashville, but um, it's interesting. I, I think the Levis stuff in general, I feel bad for the guy in terms of... It's not his fault that all this hype kind of machine uh, made him into being like no. thought of to be a top... 10 pick top 5 pick number 1 pick depending on that random reddit post that had offshore sports books changing their odds and whatnot but <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah, yeah uh, but in terms of i mean this is kind of where i thought you know after the season he had and some of the injuries we talked about it wasn't the same guy as he was a year before they obviously didn't have the same uh, depth around him you're playing in the sec with a lot of a lot of tough opponents so yeah i i, I think a, a early second round range Makes sense um, for the Titans own fit. I mean, yeah, a team that already you know, obviously just drafted Malik Willis had a lot of uh, you know concerns, maybe with what that's going to end up being long term. Obviously, the Tannehill stuff and whether they want to move forward or not, and all that. So, uh, I think it's. At least, in a, at least the Titans aren't a team that needs to rely on this guy quickly. I think it, it would be a different situation if we're like, oh, they're just going to throw him into the fire and immediately see what happens. Um, I, I, you know, there's some good parts of what Will did in in, in college, and you hope that some of the uh, some of the things with his accuracy and whatnot that can be worked on. And we've seen now the way that the uh, coaching, the level of um, QB development that is occurring with these super talented players, and I think even to an extent, that's what the Colts are banking on with Anthony Richardson happening. Um, uh, But I, you know, the thing about Anthony Richardson though, looking, looking back into the week, heading into the draft, he's more polished than I maybe Maybe if you just are listening uh, on ESPN and watching some Florida football, not a ton of it, he's more polished than I realized. Um, Yeah. I think he actually at the the next level should be uh, maybe not as much of a development. Whereas with Levis, maybe it is a little more time, but I don't, I don't think it's a huge over big reach, I mean, uh, maybe you're just as a Titans fan, you look at those other three quarterbacks and feel like, hey, we could have maybe traded up from 11. Um, I think they end up getting, you know, with Skaronsky, a, a tackle that a lot of people thought would be the first offensive lineman taken potentially, you know, or at least the second behind Paris ends up being the yeah. third. So I... I think that could work out quite well for them. Um, they're a team that you know values offensive linemen and have, after years of pretty solid offensive lines, as we've talked about the last couple of years, have not. That hasn't really been the case. It, a lot of injuries and guys have kind of aged out. So I I don't think it's a bad pick for them. I but I do wonder, yeah, like fit wise. I'm trying to think what a better fit would have been for Levis, but for his own development, I think it's good that he's not in a place where he has to immediately play. Um, but yeah, maybe I'm not as thrilled just fit-wise when I think about the other three guys at the top where it's like clearly all those teams in yeah, Houston still has a lot of issues, but I think they're uh, a roster that's you know on the right track at least um and i think that with stroud yeah maybe it's not obviously if you it went to a few other teams maybe he has a much better situation but i think they're, they should be pretty happy um with him and yeah i maybe i'm again getting already too excited for the colts and anthony's richardson and what this could be maybe not in year <laughs> one necessarily but i do think that there's a chance that we look back at this draft and it's bryce is the you know the probably still going to be the guy that um you're going to look at and i think he's probably going to be a Supreme talent at this next level. But I think there's a chance that Richardson, we look at him too and be like, wow, this guy kind of, the Colts are right to, to bank on him at number four. I know that some SEC fans, a lot of the uh, negative uh, thoughts on Richardson from what I've seen are from people that probably have watched him the most though in the SEC. They (laughs) don't know what we're seeing, but he only played what 13 games or something like in his college career. Well, Uh, yeah, it's kind of a mixed. Let's uh, call it
0: what it is. This is not, this is, this is not the Florida team that many people outside the SEC are used to hearing about, um, throughout the years either. Like this is a total rebuild rebuilding Florida team. Like they had no business being where they were projected to be last season, even with Anthony Richardson. And we saw how it played out. I mean, this season, the expectations are not very high either. And so they're, they are completely rebuilding the program. Um, so I think you have to keep that in perspective too. That was a team that had a lot of, challenges on both sides of the ball last year and so that puts some pressure but like you can't teach the physical makeup of someone like him um you know you, you can't teach kind of those physical skills that he has and it's just a matter of continuing to develop like you said and um I, I i think too i mean if he can if you if you take the guys what the highest ceiling is right um i mean he's right there in yeah. this group like he's right there at the top i mean i i if you're talking about guys who reach fully reach their potential, which not everyone will, if they do great. Um, but you know, you just, you have to project that someone won't, Yeah. but if you do, I mean, he is at the top, I think, I mean, right there with whoever else you want to put him with. Um, and, and so I think that's just what you have to look at with, with Richardson. But yeah, I mean, I, I understood some of the negative just, but again, it probably is just watching him play too much and because he was on a bad team, um, you know, a team that didn't necessarily reach the expectations, and there were consistencies, but how much is that is him? How much is that is kind of what's around him? Yeah. I don't know. I, I do think he's set up in a, in a nice spot. And look, all things considered, if I'm a Titans fan, I think there are a lot of Titans fans who maybe would have preferred to go that route yeah. of, you know, obviously weren't going to trade up with the Colts to get him, but, um, you know, no, maybe had, that route versus the Levis route. But. Yeah, right. You would have to make that trade. And like we said, that, that was the problem for the Titans is that kind of knowing where they were and when the Texans pulled off what they did, well, then the Colts do what they, that's where I think Titans fans got frustrated is because you just saw your two, well, you know, outside of the Jags, your two biggest rivals, you know, come up and make potential franchise changing moves Yes, you got a great offensive tackle, I think, and you got a quarterback in the second round that many thought would go in the top ten. So maybe there's something there too to say you've got a steal. But I'm I, I still of the thought, Dylan. Look, we say all this. Tom Brady was, you know, we we know Tom Brady's story, but there are not that many Tom Brock Bradys Brady. out there. <laughs> you know, there's not that many Brock Purdy's out right. there. Um, you know, and he's a long way from being Tom Brady. But it's just like there's a reason a guy slips that far, and so I think that's. Titans take a chance on it that's fine but I you know I don't think that guy gets out outside the first round if if you know if he's where Bryce yeah. Young is or CJ Stroud is or Anthony, like he doesn't get there and so I think that's why you had some hesitation
1: yeah so. I understand it. it it's a division suddenly now you look at if, if Richardson and and um, CJ over the next couple of years become solid quarterbacks along with Trevor, yeah, you're looking at a really tough quarterback division suddenly for, for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So understand those things. Um, I, I, yeah, for the t- it's, like you said, it's just a tough spot. And you look at how much, as we kind of mentioned, with the, what the Texans gave up to get back up to three, it was basically the amount that you would trade maybe for a, a quarterback prospect. It ends up being Will Anderson, and mm-hmm. kind of afforded them to, the ability to do both. But um, it was it was a hefty tag, and maybe the tit- I know the Titans were, I believe, mentioned in there. And I know right after the the draft, it was mentioned they would trade up potentially, and they did obviously at the at leading up into day two and getting Levis. So. All those things, yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, I I, you got to take shots at it though. Like as much as we want to think that all these quarterbacks are going to be great, like you mentioned. it, does, it just doesn't pan out every time the draft day. It's all tons of <laughs> excitement. You ask Browns fans, ask Jets fans, ask a lot of fan bases that have drafted a lot of quarterbacks that haven't really panned out over the years. So it's, there's no way of knowing who's going to exactly fit as much as we want to think we can take evidence. And now we have the, the testing uh, that C.J. Stroud apparently failed or the scores were uh, not, uh, not accurate from some sources. So all those kind of things are trying to make this into a science. It's still not... Uh, that's why there's so much intrigue. We don't know for sure what these guys are going to become. We don't know that Justin Herbert's going to become as good as he was. There was a lot of people thinking that mm-hmm. maybe they had reached for for him and, um, and and missed out with not getting Tua, and obviously Tua has bounced back. And just you don't. It, yes, maybe things are in the way the league is, obviously rule wise, and the, again mentioning how we've seen examples of guys with the physical tools that are able to get polished at the next level with with the right coaching and the proper technique adjustments and different things like that. But it's still really hard to know for sure. And so for the Titans point of view, yeah, they, I think some, at a certain point, maybe you do just keep drafting these guys in the middle rounds or in the second round and, it's worth it when you find the right one. They're um, not going to have a lot of Dak Prescott's that are in the mid round picks and Russell Wilson's. And uh, so many <laughs> players that have been drafted that are not in the, not these top end first round guys end up being great players. So um, uh, maybe Will Levis, this is the right, the perfect solution. And over time, it'll we'll end up working out well for them. And they are able to sit and get their tackle. But yeah, I do understand when you look at. The, the class of guys that they missed out on that you feel especially how in you know being right there in the division um, it does make it a little bit tougher especially but in Anthony Richardson yeah maybe with their coaching staff too I think they could have yeah, I think the Titans would have probably been open to doing what we're already hearing Shane Steichen intends to in terms of using him as a runner and kind of simplifying some of the math on on defense so that when he is put into these situations as a rookie and early on throwing the ball with Richardson, that it is maybe not quite as complicated as a, just a traditional back uh, drop back passer. And uh, yeah, I think the Titans would have been a fit potentially there too. Um So I, I get the frustration because yeah. it's you don't want to feel like you're this close to that guy. And then you watch him in your division for 10 years. You don't know if that's going to happen, but there's a chance that it does. Um, I understand the the frustration for sure for a team that has, you know, for years, was knocking on the door, made that AFC title game, obviously, and uh, had some really solid teams that just quite haven't quite gotten over the over the hump. And um, it's not like the Jaguars, as we know, are going anywhere uh, now. And you look at the other two teams moving in the right path. It, I understand from Tennessee's point of view. Art, this is our this is our division after all, AFC South. And suddenly, it's no longer it's, uh... Uh, it's no longer the old AFC South. It might become a pretty <laughs> pretty uh, premier division over time. We'll see. It depends how these guys pan out, but early on, at least.
0: Yeah, I mean it's like it's interesting. Like this draft became just at the top, as we said. I mean a lot about the AFC South, um, just based on the moves that were made. And you know, for Levis to ultimately wind up, um, you know, with the the Titans, like it is pretty pretty interesting that that, that our brand became uh, sort of the the headline of this draft when you look at all the different moves that were made. But well, Dylan, there you go. There were a lot of thoughts on the 2023 edition of the NFL Draft, and of course, we'll continue to talk about all these players, uh, and projecting ahead into the actual season uh, moving forward. But uh, all covered over Clutch Points, all the fallout from a draft, uh, a lot of stuff looking looking forward, so let everybody know where they can find all that.
1: Yeah, go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL Draft tab at the top of the page. Tons of stuff, as Blake mentioned. We went through you know, individual, uh, every single team grading every single pick for every team, grading the drafts for every team, um, tons of, uh, obviously, coverage of all the all the initial quotes and different things, like we're mentioning with Richardson and Steichen and what they're planning to do. Any, any, uh, also looking breaking down some of the depth charts and kind of how they've been adapted with the the new players that they've uh, been able to add to different situations. So, yeah, even though the draft's over, even though. Um, now it's, it's a little calmer. It's still a lot of draft coverage, still a lot of looking ahead <laughs> and yeah, I won't stop. Obviously, like we mentioned with the, the, um, schedule release coming up next week. So it should be a lot of fun. I real quick with the, I know we're joking about the AFC South. I mean, the NFC South might have to become our new official, um, division of the podcast because they're, they're kind of, they feel a little AFC oh, well. Southy with the, with the, the vibes of those four teams right now. A lot of question marks for all, uh, all of them Carolina honestly might feel like they're in the pretty good situation, uh, with to say the They don't they seem as
0: bad at this point.
1: Nope. So uh, yeah, maybe that's our, we'll see how that goes. AFC South usually finds a way to be quirky and weird over time, but at this moment, NFC South is definitely a contender at number two for that, for that, uh, honor on the show.
0: <laughs> yep, I think that's a good point. Uh, NFC South is taking quite a interesting turn here, um, to see where things are at. So we'll see. What it looks like there heading into the season. But of course, again, check out everything at Clutch Points. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Search for Establish the Pass. And thanks as always for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast.